0: I think we're back online here. Great. Um, all right. Well, it's certainly uh, an, an incredible honor to uh, have Governor DeSantis uh, make this uh, stark announcement.
1: That's unfortunate. I would right, like so to have never seen this problem. Uh, so. Governor DeSantis uh, for this uh, stark. We're just trying. Just trying to get it going.
0: so many people. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds on favorites if you look at the polling still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but
2: it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? and, And how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our- Welcome to a very, very special edition of the Ruthless Variety program. Fellas, we thought we would give some thoughts and analysis to yesterday's announcement by uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I mean,
3: I definitely think it warrants an emergency pod. <laughs> uh, at the time that we recorded our episode, which is for release on Thursday, we expected it to be just like, uh, you know, Twitter space announcement. That's it. We had no idea. It didn't become like the biggest news ever.
2: (laughs) Didn't think it could actually happen the way it did. I mean, none of us, maybe Ashbrook, I guess, thought it was innovative and whatever.
1: actually I did. I thought it was a clever gimmick, Mm -hmm. but it turns out they were a little bit too cute by half. And that audio was some of the most painful audio that I think I've ever heard. And I just felt so bad for everybody on the other end of the mics on their side, because it is, it's a huge company. There's so much technology behind it. And, uh, it was a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, so I think there's a, there's more to it than just the initial of like, okay, this is a disaster. Because I know, I you know, first off, I didn't know it was going to be audio only. I thought that was also going to be like a video component. Right. So I'm trying yeah, to like, I just f- I figured it sense. would
2: stream. Y- yeah. Right? I, I figured that there would be more to it than like, I mean, literally AM radio would have had a more powerful signal than just the audio. On Twitter right and
3: so you know I was frustrated like everyone else of like and then also watching the clock six o'clock 615 yeah 630 you know waiting to get like a steady signal to start listening to this um, but eventually it did you know they they worked out all the bugs or whatever it's it they had a very long conversation I want to say it ended up being what like 45
2: minutes maybe that was it might have been an hour yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: so they had you know a long announcement slash conversation Um but I think also there's more to the story in the sense that they kind of did take a traditional tack of other presidential campaigns where it's like you release the announcement video. So they did that like one minute before <laughs> the, the Twitter space was supposed to happen. So they have that up. And, you know, the morning after I was seeing these numbers that that whole thing has been streamed because it's it's permanently up there. You can go back and listen to it six and a half million times. So millions of people dil- did get to hear the announcement. So that's the mission accomplished and I think someone on DeSantis's staff said in one hour they raised one million dollars. So, you know, they have that going for them too.
2: Yeah, I mean look, all of this is judged by the expectations. And we have lived since November of twenty twenty two with the expectations that perhaps the greatest threat to a Trump renomination is a candidacy of Ron DeSantis, and it looked very well at the beginning of the year, like not only was it a threat, but from a polling perspective, he was very, very close at the time. And then over the next six to seven months, there was a slide as Trump began to just kick the hell out of Ron DeSantis, right? I mean, they paid advertising, everything else, and he was stuck in limbo and couldn't do it because he wasn't a candidate yet. So there was this great anticipation of this just relaunch that would look and feel like November of 22 looked Mm -hmm. and felt, Mm -hmm. where you had this triumphant, victorious, successful governor and his beautiful family surrounded by people. And, you know, there was a new energy that you expected that would launch this new bump back into the candidacy all summer long. And you just didn't get that. It just that didn't happen
0: yeah after all that anticipation you know seven months eight months now of people being like all right the, you know now the the race is real um, the air goes out of the balloon real fast when you know you, you get on the spaces and you hear silence and then glitches and stuff like that I mean I think to Smug's point like in the balance <clears throat> a ton of people heard his message he also I think demonstrated incredible policy chops like, the guy obviously knows all oh, about everything, listen, which is fantastic. But it's just a little, it's flat, right? It's just, it's flat. Um, you know, I, I think I was saying earlier when we came in this morning, I was like, you know, turns out the wheel works pretty great. You don't have to reinvent it. <laughs> no, that's, you that, know, that's exactly right. And huge we, announcement, <laughs> roaring crowds, people cheering.
2: Right.
1: Um, that, that's, I think, the best way to roll out a campaign. The thing is, when you try to in, uh, reinvent the wheel in campaign politics, you're taking an incredible risk. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, we've all been involved in politics to one level or in one level or another. You, When you take a risk like that, you really put your neck on the line, and it has to – has to work. And I feel yep, so bad <laughs> like, like as the digital person <laughs> uh,
0: I mean I in particular feel so bad for the people who had to be in charge of this on the campaign side <laughs> you because we you know we were at some point every campaign has a mishap has a right. misfire or totally. something like that so when, whenever technology technology is involved like you know i remember like the early days of everybody getting on youtube and doing live streaming stuff the first time you did a campaign thing where you're like well i hope the computer works oh yeah. totally you know it's like hope the internet lasts right you're just like chewing tums and yeah. trying to trying to figure out uh, how you're gonna get through it so it's just you know, it's um, you well, like, just uh, feel bad for those in, people. In
3: 2012 election night for Mitt Romney, they had that Orca thing, which was supposed to, I guess it was <laughs> right. kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, you know just to count people who would already voted. Right, because you know? Obama, Obama had
0: Narwhal or whatever. So project, they made narwhal. Orca. Orca, yeah. Um,
3: but I think, what was it? Like they didn't have enough bandwidth
0: or something? It's like... Yeah, the, the app crashed um, on election day, and it was a huge,
2: huge, huge... You I don't guess, miss that. So he, here's my problem. When you have seven months to think about something... You got to put it together, right? And the thing is, is that this candidate, Governor Ron DeSantis, has what no other candidate other than Trump has, which is a very strong, significant conservative following and policy chops in a record that balance out with absolutely anybody. Mm-hmm. He's also run an incredible campaign in mm-hmm. 2022. And he put himself and in, in his campaigns in a situation where they were framed in the right light they were always in front of a great backdrop they were driving a message that they wanted to drive on a weekend and week-out basis they did everything right I mean he, he beat the hell out of the Democrats in Florida which is
3: ostensibly a swing state but now it's looking you know ever since he's taken the reins red as red as it can be
2: which is why there's expectations for this being so much higher right so when you decide that you're not going to have v- live video or a crowd, or any kind of energy. What you're basically saying is, I don't care if anyone sees the visuals. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it? Uh, NBC, ABC, CBS. Maybe one of them carried the announcement. Maybe one of them. Yeah. You get one day in every campaign. We talked about this. You get yeah. one day yeah. where yeah. they can't fuck you over, right? Because they can only. <laughs> play what it is that you say and whatever you're standing in front of that's Mm -hmm. it everything else comes with questions comes with the back and forth of a campaign who's alleging what have they asked this poll numbers say i mean but on day one of the campaign you can do whatever you want to frame it up and i i just for the life of me can't figure out why it was an audio only medium and i understand a lot of people watched the campaign video i hope so i mean good god the guy's a serious contender for President of the United States. In most polls you look at, he's beaten the the pants off Joe Biden. I mean, he's a serious guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get that serious kick out of it, which is disappointing because I, I, I think he is and continues to be uh, an incredibly strong contender in this field who's got a record to go up against absolutely anybody. And it's just a bad place to start. I think, I mean, I think the good
0: news if you're in the DeSantis camp is – you know, people have a pretty short memory in politics now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things move so quickly. They're on to the next thing. We've got Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, you like he said, Smug, he raised a million dollars in an hour. I would bet they probably announced 10 million in fundraising and commitments here Mm -hmm. probably by tomorrow i would imagine
2: yeah so if that's the case and you get out of this from from a fundraising prowess standpoint you're right you're on to the next and 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 i i I have a a schedule here that they sent
0: out on tuesday he's gonna be in des moines for a campaign kickoff Mm -hmm. event and then wednesday he's in four other stops in iowa and then on thursday four stops in new
1: hampshire and then on friday
0: three stops in South Carolina. Wow. You know, so that's great. it's,
1: It's a little bit more of a traditional look for a campaign. Right. But one of the toughest things for them about this start is that we all also know that the talk about a campaign in this stage in presidential politics is almost as important as anything else. And if they make one mistake... At one of these events, all of a sudden everybody's gonna write about it. Oh, remember the Twitter thing. Look at this mistake well, in Des Moines. Right, Look right, at this yeah.
2: and I mean it could be just something completely insignificant. And you gotta so, play loose. In order to be competitive, you gotta play loose. Yeah. The, you have to you have to have that authentic sort of vibe where everybody's having a good time, taking some risks, willing to go out and do everything. And now just you gotta feel like the psychology of this maybe changes that a little bit. Well, because even if he
0: if he hits every single note you know, and all these stops over the next week, the media is going to invent a, a, exactly. a reason for to lie. To make up. I mean, you remember the famous Romney thing when he was in Poland, um, when he was running for president, what, a,
1: what about your gaff? <laughs> what about your gaffs, <laughs> Governor <Yeah>. Romney. <laughs> you
3: know? <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing is that makes it all the more brutal during a Republican presidential primary is because you've got two teams against you. Yeah. Totally. They want to, they want to see fighting the infighting. You're fighting the media and you're fighting your Republicans in, in the primary. When it's a Democrat, like, Dems basically get a pass from the media or the media will just, like, report it. They don't take sides. You don't see the media being like, oh, it's clear that we're going for this person or that person. They're just like, let them fight it out, folks. But for a Republican, it's like a whole different type of mm-hmm. pressure cooker.
2: Well, that's right. And remember, I mean, most of the progressive movement and their allies in the press believe that Ron DeSantis is a more formidable general election candidate than Donald Trump. And so now they are, they have ammo. Yeah, it's important to note that uh, the Biden campaign straight up tweeted, yeah, no, this like works it. With, with, with fundraising.
3: So they are very cognizant of the fact that DeSantis is a threat to them.
1: Yeah, but no you, you also have a host of other candidates who are trying to be the alternative to Trump. Tim Scott announced they're saying mm-hmm. Mike Pence is going to be announcing very soon. Mm-hmm. And all of these others who are just nipping at Trump's heels that are now competing for the same vote share that Ron DeSantis appeared to have a commanding lead over just a few weeks ago.
2: I think that's I think that's the biggest issue, right, it, it is – had Ron DeSantis got in in January, I think this was a two-person race all the way through. Had Ron DeSantis hit that note perfect yesterday, I think it would be very difficult for these other candidates to say, no, I'm the one that's going to consolidate the rest of the Republican Party and 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 somehow overwhelm the 30 35% that Donald Trump is going to have no matter what. Now, you feel like that opening is there, and he's going to have to, he and his team are going to have to work really hard to ensure that they are back to where they were four months ago. Well, yeah, because, you know, in
0: um, some background here for our, our listeners, you know, every uh, other campaign's like finance chair <laughs> is calling up donors and being like, Yeah, really? Not a really great role out there for DeSantis. You want to give us another look? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It is a real thing. Um, and, you know, maybe most voters don't th- think about that, that sort of parlor game that's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, but there's a, a lot of folks, I think, who are very excited for DeSantis uh, to announce this and ready to roll out the red carpet. And then, um, you know, the Twitter spaces was kind of a face plan on that carpet. It, it,
2: it was. And that was only kind of part of it for me. You mentioned the policy chops. No question. No question. There's no other candidate in this race that could have gotten on and done an hour, an hour and 15 minutes on deep policy that I know of. I mean, maybe they could, but. I'm maybe on a select bunch of issues, but this was like he could do absolutely anything. The only and thing- then, and then,
3: did you, and then, like Massey even jumps on. Who's like, I have I have some thoughts. I'm like, okay, what is it? And he's like, first I want to say I own a Tesla. I was the first person in Congress to have a Tesla. And it's like, oh, here we go. They let someone from the house on. <laughs> here we go. And he's like, I'm the biggest Elon fan, Elon. I haven't met you yet, but I'd love to. It's like, dude. Then he went into a story where he's talking about how he hacked a,
0: a battery, like a Tesla battery. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, this, like
3: he's like this totally is Ron DeSantis's
2: email. That was you just made the point that I was gonna make better than I was gonna make it. Which is like He's sitting next to Elon Musk and first of all, pretty significant figure yeah. in and is of his own right. Yeah. You always like to be the biggest star in the room when you are announcing your candidacy for president. But then this conversation goes into like Bitcoin. And like like weird sort of you know libertarianish conservative concerns that there's basically nobody in the middle of Iowa or New Hampshire is wringing their hands about, mm-hmm. right? I mean that there is a place for that conversation. I think it's important, and we talk about it all that stuff with some frequently, frequency here on the program. But when you're launching a, a, a presidential campaign, you like to cast the widest net you can. And then you go in silo by silo and talk to groups to make sure that they know you know what they care about. But you don't just start at the like the nichiest small little group. They may be very vocal of Republican primary voters and be like, yeah, this is this is how I frame my entire campaign.
0: Yeah, no, and I mean, look, I think you're right. I think like a person who would get on a Twitter space is like normally self-select is a self-selecting audience that cares about things like debanking and Bitcoin. <laughs> right. And um, and so I, I I think that was inevitable that that stuff was going to come up you sort of lose those like broad brush atmospherics mm-hmm. of like here's my vision for the country um you know I think I think it was very it was a very, very big gamble like we talked about obviously it didn't go exactly the way that they had they had planned I hope there's more stuff like this in politics yep. though mm-hmm. because it is very very cool I think to have a direct line to the thought process of somebody's running for president of the United States I mean that's pretty revolutionary I, if, I, if I you, think if you think about it I just think like this is the thing you could have done on day three or mm-hmm. maybe this is the thing you do the day after you launch and you're like hey you know come in here for a deep dive um, I'm going to tell you more about why I'm running for president. That sort of I, thing. I, I agree completely. And then the, sta- the stakes are so much lower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? no, I, I agree completely. But because the stakes were so high, he is going to need to come up with a way to just let the air out of the balloon on this and poke some fun at himself or not take himself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Because Just because they tripped on day one, that doesn't mean people are any less interested in the kind of conservative leadership that he provided in Florida, and they really want to see that in our country.
3: Yeah. Also, I think you know it's important to say that a lot of the reality actions you see because this was taking place on on twitter spaces is online and i think the online uh, republican voter you know which camp they're in has ossified far more than republican primary voters in general right, right? nobody
0: nobody logs on twitter every day to have their mind changed yeah <laughs> so
1: I, I, I think you're kidding
3: I, you know in, 30 days from now i don't think there's good for a primary voter they're not going to be thinking about this they probably won't remember this yeah but one thing I was thinking about is now that he is in, it's gonna have to be like gloves are off. Like it's gonna have to be a brawl going forward with Trump, defining how am I different than Trump, answering the attacks from Trump, brawling to get a piece of that, you know, primary voter base that you're gonna need in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. He's visiting those places. So I think, you know, the next thirty days are gonna be defined by that brawl, yeah. just t- mm-hmm. you know, he can finally start taking some swings back, trying to build up a, 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 a share of, of, of primary voters in the polls, and I still think you have to get a lot of credit for taking this risk, a lot of credit because
2: you know, man, you know, man I I I understand what you guys are saying. I'm just saying I don't think it's that hard. I I, I don't think it. you could have d- hit anything out of the park with you know a few weeks, and you, you could figure it out. This guy's got so much star power so much of a resume so much anticipation for his actual announcement that you you didn't need this this was a very important tool that he has in his pocket because of their willingness to allow him to do it that he could have done at any point but you wouldn't have the visuals you wouldn't have i mean they needed it he needed it Mm. he is he's dropped 35 points in republican primary polls nationally since January. Mm -hmm. He needed to turn that thing around. It's not to say that he can't. I think he can. He can figure it out. And like you said, the fundraising and everything else may start that, that going in the other direction again. But this was just not... You just can't make this decision. It is just a real, real rough – and it makes me question a larger strategic part of it, which is unfair because we haven't seen the strategy yet. We don't know what it is. But it makes me question, you know, how is it that they see this race? Is this a race that can be won in niche marketplaces or, you know, as we've talked about oftentimes – with primary voters that were entirely comprised by people that Donald Trump brought into the primary universe. Mm-hmm. And when is he gonna go talk to other people outside of that? They're certainly not on Twitter spaces. So maybe that's what's happening now over the next few days, but I never would've had any of those questions. That's my point. I never would've had any of those questions had yesterday gone differently.
0: Yeah, yeah, so uh, on two points real quick. Number one, the fundraising into the authentic- authenticity that you mentioned as well. Smug, one thing that I thought was really interesting as part of this rollout, you know, he's trying to raise a bunch of money online. He's sending emails. This is from um, DeSantis' um, landing page on the on the website. He's talking about how he's going to go about raising money. No smoke and mirrors, no fake matches and no lies. Many campaigns try to guilt trip you into donating, promoting fake matching programs. It is dishonest and it is not the kind of relationship we are building with donors making investment in this movement. I love that. That is, that is why our team is taking a different approach. Sound interesting? Read more and learn about our donor program. I like which that. Which is just—it's very interesting. I mean, like you know, I don't think we've been hesitant to say there should be a culture shift in this area. I think everybody's been in a, in a race to the bottom of sending the most mm-hmm. outrageous thing to donors. And and, and let's like really, let's, be
2: honest, let's be honest. It started with Trump.
0: Yeah, I mean Trump sort of pioneered this. And I think this is yeah. like a, a very clear shot at him and a contrast that DeSantis wants to have. And so
1: you're you're saying we're not going to see any five thousand percent match, right? Carl right. Rove is threatening to kill me unless I raise a dollar <laughs> from you, kind of emails from yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I think I
0: think that's the idea. And I mean, look, if that's a, a broader culture shift in the party writ at large, like that should be
2: cheered. Well, I mean that should be celebrated. Yeah. And we've talked at some level about. How the problem has been exacerbated within Republican politics because of the distrust of small-dollar donors because of bullshit that we were talking about. Yeah, the five times match, mm-hmm. the you know the, the the shaky sort of almost fraudulent like claims that. 80,000 text messages a day from the same campaign going Mm -hmm. under different links and And, whatnot. And and
0: look, I mean, I think everybody's been guilty of this. That's not really just a a Trump problem. It's what it's become is this race to the bottom where there's a finite pool of donors and everybody's scratching and clawing over each other trying to get their attention, Yeah. right? And so, like, that attention economy has really, I think, you know, burned out a lot of these small-dollar donors the party needs to survive. So, I mean, I I think... in the the real like silver lining and in, in then announcement for me at least was was seeing that i i hope other people you know start to do it more
3: also an important point and one that i made last night is when Ron DeSantis launched his gubernatorial reelection campaign a couple of years ago ruthless was <laughs> we in yeah, exactly. his did hometown it. we did yeah. it. zero hitches yeah beautiful event packed house went off amazing great episode mm-hmm. you know folks can go back and listen to that that was fun the as the audio is pristine and perfect you can hear <laughs> yeah. everything that's
1: <laughs> live from crabby bills
3: and and also <laughs> now that he has officially announced ron Sanders, you have 60 days to come on oh he's on the oh. 60 day clock and the, the clock. you know what we've got the wolf we've got great audio equipment it'll get
2: out there your message will be loud and clear to republican primary voters <laughs> totally why well, look he uh, I think he could probably tell from that event that we did with him, there was a good vibe and we all had you know, he, tough questions. He answered tough questions, created a little controversy at times, but it was a really good discussion. Which and, is what we aim to do with all the presidential and,
1: and, and it was it was one of the first times that I think all of us fully appreciated how much energy there was behind this guy. Huge, yeah, totally. There, the line yep. was around the block. There, they they sent out, I think they thought there were going to be 200 people, over 1,000 showed up, mm-hmm. packed in to, just to hear him there talk. There were people on. standing outside the venue.
0: Well, and I remember we were doing the walkthrough, and I saw probably 12 state troopers, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I was thinking to myself at the time, all right, this... This kind of seems like overkill, right? right? Like, you know, I get it's a campaign launch, but like how many people are going to show up, you know, just like middle of the day, right? you know? And then, yeah, like you were saying, Ashbrook, the line was around the block. It was packed the entire place. Incredible inside, outside in the parking lot.
1: So much energy. It was the kind of energy that you saw for Trump in 2015.
2: Yeah. I think back to your point, though, a little self-deprecating humor. Uh, a little ability to laugh this thing off and move on it yeah. would be very good because yeah. it's also another contrast to Trump right right it, it, there's nothing that, that Trump will do in the self-deprecation area he did in, in 15 and 16 like
0: the, i think that was like the most endearing part of Trump in those early days and i agree like after 2020 he's sort of lost that and he has a much sharper edge and it's not it doesn't seem as fun as it once did
3: the best example of Trump's self-deprecating humor is his tweet about diet coke he <laughs> was like, the Coca Cola company is very mad with me. He's like, but I'll still keep
2: drinking that trash.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know? Love that. Yeah.
2: Totally. Well, anyway, we're, we may have a Pence announcement at some point. I noticed he was agreed to do a CNN town hall in Iowa. Uh, there may be a Christie announcement. We'll find out about that. We did have the Tim Scott announcement. Nikki Haley's already been in. Vivek's already been in. So there's
3: a lot going on. Yeah, it's go- it's we we got a primary, folks. It's we got it's, underway. it's
2: underway. It's underway for sure. All right. So, but we could not do a special episode without at least touching on one of the issues that we were talking about earlier this week. We are going to it's not going to be about curving the fins on the on the whales. Mm. Uh, Although that's
1: uh, a very important.
2: Extremely important topic. Um, Ongoing project. (laughs) There is. (laughs) Where does he find this stuff? InsideMagic.net? Huge shout out to McDaniel. I, I don't know where he finds this,
0: but the, oh, it's 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 inside the magic. I think this is sort of like a trade pub. Oh, for, for like, Disney? Yeah, like I'm not from inside the company, but like you they know, cover fans. Disney. Yeah,
2: based, I mean, that's what I would think based on the domain. Ah, uh, I bet you're right. Inside the magic, yeah, there it is. Uh, so th- th- they have a, a piece out: campaign to ban childless Disney adults from parks gains popularity. Well, we know why that is.
3: <laughs> that's because the ruthless variety program made it an issue. With this. And people are like, you know what? That's a
0: great point. We do. We really, since I'm it's, I'm concerned about our ability to manifest things in the real world on our vision board, this is just another example.
2: Well, I've been concerned about it for a while because every time we start talking about something, whether it's the monkeys, yeah. and then they become a real problem. yeah. Hank, the bear, a real problem. Disney adults, now here we go. Yeah. Right? I mean, so... I think it looks to me there is at least a healthy number of people that think charges are appropriate as well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Is like I love how charges took off because that is the most apt thing for this situation. If you're an adult going to a, it's it what it is is a gigantic playground. It's yeah. a gigantic playground for, for kids with you know like Donald Duck and, and and Goofy running around in costume. It's a giant playground for kids. Why are adults there just watching?
2: There's a couple. Of, there's a couple charges. Of, charges. Absolutely. Parents are again calling on Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney uh, to ban childless Disney adults. Yeah, that, I think that's a I, look. Sign me up. Sign me. Up. I fully support I, that. And if you if you
0: think we're being too hard on the Disney adults, and you're like, gosh, I mean, why are these guys really going in on these folks? More from the article here. <laughs> A mother, the site quoted, explained that her three-year-old became inconsolable at the Magic Kingdom Park because the line for the Mickey Mouse soft pretzels was too long. She blamed childless Disney adults in line (laughs) for taking up space that should belong to her child and making him wait. Quote, it pisses me off when I see childless couples at Disney World. Yes! People without children should be banned
3: from entering. (laughs) She's got a point. She's she's very She's got a great point.
1: And I've told you this, guys, before. I can speak to Directly. personal experience when two 50-somethings pushed evicted. my three-year-old aside so they could scan their fast passes or whatever it is that you scan to get into the park. And I just looked at these guys like, what are you doing? There's a kid here.
2: Yeah, that's And they're, they're just saying,
1: they're incredulous. Like, the place belongs to them, not her.
2: I don't I just don't understand. I don't understand the psychology of it either. I don't understand being like, you know, we need to go on vacation, honey. Uh, just you and me. We'll take an adult vacation. Let's go to the Magic Kingdom. It's <laughs> been a while since I've been in the small world. How about the teacups, huh? huh? It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Another ride around with Goofy. <laughs> well, you, you want
0: to you, you get your blood pressure up a little more here from the article?
2: Oh, yeah, you got more?
0: Some Disney adults have called for similar bans on children no. at what? The Disney parks, at least on certain days or special events. Charges.
2: Charges. Charges. I, uh, you've won me over. I, I, I just don't think I, you, we went full 180 on that. Well, Duncan, yeah. you started very hesitant. Now Here, you're in favor of the charges. Here's another point of
1: view on that. If there's a day that these adults are going to be at the park, I would like to know what that day is so I could take my kids on a different day.
2: Well, <laughs> and I'd like to show up
3: with the paddy wagon. You, you know, I, I, have a, I have a way better idea for these folks. If you want to go visit a park and you're an adult – and you don't want to be surrounded by children. There are the things called national parks. Go to Yellowstone. <laughs> it's enormous. It's incredible.
2: Much less expensive.
3: Much less expensive. Tons to do.
2: Natural it's a wonderful to- time. And probably a hike, a, a hike or two wouldn't do him a, a bad either, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, burn off those pretzels you'd be in line for. <laughs> just get A couple of couple of lbs working your way up the Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a good a good move.
0: I mean, you can take all the pictures you want. Nobody's fist fighting you in in, <laughs> in, in, in front of the
2: 100 sign. You know. Oh, very true, fellas. This is a nice, like, brief little episode for everybody.
3: Yeah, outstanding
2: emergency pot. I
3: think I think we did a great job. Absolute banger of an episode, gentlemen. Uh, again, reminder, Ronnie D. You've got 60 days to come on the show. So until next time, minions, keep the faith. Hold the line and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay Ruthless.